Well, uh, for our sermon, we're going to have a panel, and so I want our panelists to come forward, which is uh, Pastor Jackie and her husband Chris and my wife Brenda. So, as you can imagine, they were all conscripted shamelessly. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to read scripture here in a moment, but just kind of wanted to talk about prayer a little bit. This month we've been uh, preaching about prayer, um, and today particularly we've mostly used Maxie Dunham's uh, Workbook of Living Prayer as a, a primary resource, and so I want to attribute uh, to that. And at different times uh, in that book, uh, Maxie Dunham talks about how First of all, it's just, it's not easy to pray. Okay, thank you, Travis. Uh, our sermon title is Overcoming Some Hurdles in Prayer. And in that, we just want to acknowledge that uh, sometimes it's just not easy to pray. And that's not a modern problem. That's always been true. And it's reflected in the scriptures as well. And so the first scripture I want to read is uh, from Psalm 13. And... Okay, uh, Psalm 13, how long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts day after day and have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemies triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I've overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord's praise, for, his, for he has been good to me. Okay, I, part of what I love about Scripture, and especially the, the Psalms, is just how really honest they are. I mean, here's an honest lament of someone who feels like uh, God is not hearing him or her, God is not answering their prayers, um, someone who struggles with what to them feels like the absence of God, all very human kinds of emotions to go through during different crises in life, and yet the psalm ends with praise, with trust, and with hope. And I just, I just think that's awesome. Uh, a second example from Scripture is the rather more famous one, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, and that's from Mark chapter 14. They went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said. Whoop, did I hit that button? Let's go back. There we go. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. Yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, 
Are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for me one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So here you have an example of the disciples who uh, keep falling asleep when they're supposed to be praying, uh, probably because they're drunk, quite honestly. They've been celebrating the Passover, and there's at least five rounds of wine uh, in a Passover meal. And then Jesus, who's, who's in anguish and praying his way uh, through his anguish over what's about to happen. And so even in Scripture, there are examples of the struggles with prayer. And then over the centuries, if you get books written by the great prayer masters over the centuries, all of them will talk about some period where prayer uh, was challenging. And so we will talk a little bit about the challenges and then a little bit about some ways to overcome some of those challenges. Uh, Maxie Dunham says uh, that it's natural to pray. Uh, it's, a, it's almost like the way we're wired as human beings. In a moment of crisis, it's natural to cry out to God. Uh, in a moment when you're overwhelmed with the beauty of creation, it's natural to uh, praise God. But he says there's a difference between the tendency to pray and the practice of prayer. The difference between the tendency to pray, we all have a tendency to pray, and the practice of prayer, or living an intentional prayer life that takes some discipline and commitment. Um, and so that's kind of what we want to talk about. It's not just saying a prayer, but a prayer life, practicing prayer. Um, and so because it's hard, I, I think there's a tendency um, to just get the guilties and then quit or not try. Um, one of the things we want to talk about is uh, some hurdles to prayer. Let's see if I got this. There we go. Whoop. That. There we go. Interruptions. We're both, we're having dueling controlling here. Um, I'll take it from here, Houston. Um, okay. I'm going to land this baby on the moon. Um, okay, so Maxie Denham talks about interruptions to prayer. Uh, anybody want to share particular things that maybe uh, are interruptions that interfere with your prayer time? We have no interruptions. Our house is perfectly quiet and peaceful. I don't know what you're talking about. Father God, we just come before you. Dad! Silas hit me! Oh, I thought you were talking about the dogs. They're my interruption. So, children, yes. as an example. Yes. Pets, as an example. Those aren't the biggest interruption for me, though. I My, my mind races. Like, I've, I'll get to the end of a phrase and praying or the end of a thought and then I'll just think oh what's this that I'm worried about and then I just end up down on a rabbit rabbit trail I'm my own worst interruption yeah I I don't know if anybody else is, is like that but I'm the when I'm praying sometimes what will happen is I will remember the 10 things that I need to do for that day maybe it's an errand or maybe it's something that I need to do for school or maybe it's an epiphany. I'm like, oh, I really like that, and I need to write that down. And um, one of the things that I found really helps 
is when my mind is racing, a lot of the times it's because I'm afraid I'm going to forget something. So I keep like, I start the cycle in my head of A, B, C, D, E, F. And then when I get to the end, I start it all over again because I don't want to remember. And I found, or I don't want to forget. Um, and so I found what really helps for me is having like a piece of paper right there. Sometimes I'll open up the notepad on my phone. And as those ideas come, I write it down and I let it be. And then I get back to what I'm doing. And I found that um, when I've got that whole list and I've got all that stuff that's been circling around in my head written down and I'm no longer afraid to forget, that it helps me a lot to have more peace in that time of prayer. That's good. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> this thing. Okay. That's, that. yeah. Pretty much, pretty much everything in the 21st century is... Uh, <laughs> can interrupt but yes internet it's so interesting right and and if I get a text I have to respond right so putting this in a different room when I'm praying um, is probably the number one thing so Maxie Dunham talks about how maybe you can actually flip that uh, maybe a little bit like what Chris was talking about, how that interruption can actually be a call to prayer. Mm. Okay? Um, sometimes that might be easy. Somebody is uh, calling you because of a crisis. Well, there's an opportunity to pray for that person. Uh, pray for the kids. I don't know. Things like that. Okay, a second one uh, are situations that can be a hurdle to prayer. Um, I think my battery's going in and out. Okay, we'll share. Um, so what kind of situations can hamper your prayer life? Being late for work, ah. having to hurry and not have time to pray. Yeah, work, of course. We wake up and we've got to get going or we've got these things we've got to do and it gets in the way. I think uh, a big thing for me that it's come up a couple of times in the psalm and elsewhere that um, there's whoever's praying is really down and emotionally maybe doesn't feel like praising God. And in almost all of the psalms where there's grief, it, it ends like that. It's like, but I will give praise to you. There's like that scope of the Psalms. Um, the biggest situation that's a hurdle for me is sometimes I can't even get there. Sometimes I can't just go, okay, but let me buck up and be joyful. Um, and that's why, uh, also because I'm kind of weird, but that's why one of my favorite Psalms is Psalm 88. Uh, because Psalm 88 starts... Um, it's, a, it's a prayer and it's like Lord everything is terrible all my friends have left me uh, you've broken my heart and then it ends with so Lord please go away <laughs> like that's like that's the whole thing like there's no turn where suddenly the psalmist has talked themselves out of this depressive funk and that's it's encouraging to me because it invites me if it's in scripture it invites me to bring my real self to prayer Right? It invites me to, even if I can't 
even if I can't put myself in a joyful mindset, that I am still invited. Um, so that's, that's probably my biggest situation is I feel like I'm not prepared to come before God in prayer. And even scripture says uh, that that doesn't need to be a hurdle. Like he wants to hear from us. He wants to talk to us. Um, even if all we have to bring is our grief or our confusion or our pain, that's enough. I remember years ago, and I've, I've mentioned this story in a sermon before, but uh, when we were living in Shiner, and uh, there was a young couple with kids, and we had little kids, and we were going to go out uh, to the hill country for a couple of days. And so we got in their suburban, and this uh, couple, the husband, he's, they're up front, and the husband turns to his wife, and very sincerely, uh, he says, have we prayed about this trip and she said, no, we haven't. And so they stopped right there and prayed for that trip. And that was like like this revelatory experience. I was like, oh, we can pray about just driving out to the hill country, right? A situation that maybe you would think, oh, I'm too busy to pray because we're going out to the hill country. Uh, they turned it into quite the opposite. So I thought that was pretty cool. You were talking, last night we were talking about you praying when you're about to go into the hospital to work? Oh, well, like, if I, I don't always, you know, take time to sit and pray in the mornings, but the time when I do uh, drive to work and I park my car and then I have to walk a ways to get to the hospital, and, and I, I use that time to, to pray while I'm walking. And... I'm looking up at those buildings and thinking about all the people in them and all the patients and the people that work there that I try to help support and just all the things that are going to happen when I get there and I just pray. I pray a lot because I do feel overwhelmed and I feel like, you know, I just need God's strength to help keep me calm and just to give me the strength to think clearly and to work hard and get get done what I need to do and stay calm and um, it's just a really good time uh, during that walk that's good thank you our third one is persons uh, persons that can interfere with the practice of prayer uh, but maybe at the same time uh, be a call to prayer uh, I remember years ago I was complaining about someone to this lady and I just you know they're driving me crazy and that's and just they're so hard to get along with and blah 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 and she said wow we need to really pray about that person don't we I was like oh <laughs> can I just be mad <laughs> persons persons you know similar to situations um Jackie. Uh, similar to, to situations and persons, it, it helps for me to remember that prayer isn't uh, prayer isn't like a formal thing where I have to put on airs before God. I don't have to I don't have to dress up before God like I do on a Sunday, right? I can come come before God with with who I really am and with what's really going on in my heart, and I don't have to sugarcoat it. Because the truth of the matter is, is we believe in the God of the universe. And even if you are putting on airs, he's going to see through it. 
So we might as well just be honest with him. So as it regards to, to persons, whether, uh, whether we're irritated with them or whether we love them or love, whether we're angry at them or whether whatever is going on in our hearts and our souls helps for me to remember I can be honest with God about what's going on in that moment and I don't have to pretend to be Mr. Christian. I can just be Christopher. That's good. Thank you. Um, Let's go to our next slide, which is uh, finding some patterns. Um, for a lot of folks, finding a pattern for prayer is very helpful. For me, a consistent time and place for prayer uh, is very helpful to me. Uh, I've got my chair. I've got uh, my spot that I sit down and pray. Um, Brenda and I were talking about Brenda doesn't really do that, but you pray a lot. Brenda prays a lot, but it's more throughout the day. Well, I don't know. I guess I just feel like I need God a lot. <laughs> so I, you know, I see people around me and I see, you know, the struggles going on and in my own struggles and the own, my own things going on in my life and you know, I do think about God a lot, and I think, and it's not necessarily um, because I don't have control, and so I lift it up to God and 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 put them in God's hands. And um, can I say something about praying the Psalms? I've been reading, actually, no, not reading. I've been uh, listening to a sermon series by Tim Mackey about the Psalms, and. Uh, I've just learned so much. So he talks about how the a third of the Psalms are laments. And he he showed us one of them and and he just showed us the pattern of the Psalm and how, you know, we generally say, you know, thank you God, help me God, you know, praise God. That's our song, our our prayer. But when you look at the pattern of the Psalms, a lot of it is maybe even like two-thirds of the psalm may be just explaining what you're upset about or what you're, you're heartbroken about or what you're struggling with. A third of, or more of the psalm is just telling God what's going on. And a lot of times we think, well, God already knows what's going on. Why do we need to tell God? Um, and part of it is that we are processing it. To God and we're thinking about it and it and you know we can either we can either not say anything and stuff all of our emotions inside and, and don't deal with them or sometimes we do the opposite where we let all of our emotions just take control of us and, and go crazy and so what he says is that Psalms teach us the middle way to pray through our fears, our pain, our anguish, our anxiety. It teaches us to pray through them, to say it out loud, to say it to God. And, and then there's this word, Selah. And that's where, I think that's where you like take a moment and you just don't say anything. And you think, either meditate or think or, or give God an opportunity to say something. Or I don't know exactly what it means, but use pause 
And that's when you see a shift and you see the person praising God or, or looking to God and remembering the things that God's done in their past and how they've rescued you in the past. And so I'm going to trust that God's going to help me through this. And it was just so helpful. Uh, Tim Mackey is the, is the preacher that um, was teaching this. And anyway, sorry. Um, you know, Brenda commutes to uh, Kerrville and listens to a lot of podcasts on the way. And so there are resources, uh, guides. You know, think of prayer as something you apprentice yourself to. And there's a lot of resources on the Internet. There's the upper room. Uh, this might sound weird, but lately I've been using Lenten materials uh, for prayer uh, to do it not in the same season. It's kind of like reading the Christmas story in July. You hear it differently. Mm. And uh, so that's been pretty interesting. The Lord's Prayer is a pattern. Praying the Psalms uh, is a great discipline. Let's go to the next one. Um, the next slide. There we go. Um, acronyms. You've probably seen these like acts as a pattern. Uh, we start with adoration, confession, thanksgiving, uh, supplication. Another one is praise, uh, which is praise, repent, ask, yield. I'm rushing through this. And so that kind of leads to uh, components of prayer, uh, praise and adoration. I think the main thing is to not let your prayer life be just one thing. Okay? Don't let it be just confession or just petition. Uh, or just uh, intercession, praying for others. Um, why is why is praise and adoration important, and how is that different from Thanksgiving? Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think um, I think it all comes down to knowing who God is. Uh, I, I have a confession for y'all who don't know this about me. I uh, I'm terrible at small talk. And so if you're uncomfortable making small talk with me, it's me, okay? And so uh, I love getting to that point with someone where we know each other and we have things to talk about. You know, you begin to really trust someone and you don't have to talk about the weather. Like those things are kind of placeholders for when you develop a relationship and you can really know somebody's heart. Um, and so I always thought that I was just kind of lousy at prayer, but I realized that what I was trying to do was make small talk with God and I'm not good at small talk and so the biggest the biggest thing that turned my prayer life around was when I started really reading scripture for all it was worth because then I was able to look and see who God is and I was able to now now talk with God because I know God's character and I know God's heart and I know God's love and I think that's where that's where praise comes in for me is that when we when we have seen and explored the goodness of God, that's, that's going to be a part of our prayer lives. It's like, um, in, I guess, kind of a, a parallel would be uh, if I were to talk to someone else I love, like if I were to talk to Chris, but I never, I never said anything affirming or kind or, or loving to him. Like, you know, I just talked about what was going on with my day or what our problems were. Like, it's, it's such a, I think it's such a wonderful, rich part of our relationship that we, we know each other's gifts and we point them out and we encourage each other. 
And uh, similarly with God, God doesn't need our encouragement, but God loves us to see him for who he is and recognize that and um, just use our words and lift up our hearts in thanks, thanksgiving for who God is, not for what God does, but just for who God is. Well, oh, and I think another really important thing to remember too is, you know, going all the way back to Genesis, we're made in his image, right? And when we look throughout scripture, we see the, the God's um, interactions with man run the emotional gamut. There's times where he's angry. There's times where he's filled with love. There's times where, you know, as George pointed out in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he's filled to the point of sorrow. And so, I mean, you know, these things that Jackie is talking about, I mean, that has a biblical, I mean, the reason we're like that is because we're, we're like him. All right. I've got about 20 more minutes of material, so <laughs> we're going to have to uh, do this in part two. But um, thank you. I appreciate that. It's been, it's been really uh, interesting and fun to me to, to work on this.